In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, how to set up a pineapple. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we'll be exploring how to set up a pineapple. Joining me today to help answer this question is Kate Vida, Senior Security Consultant at Secure Ideas. Kate, how are you? Tim, I'm doing really well. How about yourself? That was a very corporate answer. Or corporate <laughs> uh, Better good. than I deserve? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like to keep this loosey-goosey. Um, doesn't need to be very proper and straightforward. Because um, we're going to talk about pineapples. And, and I imagine most people in security know what a pineapple is. But there's probably some people who are like, you're going to configure fruit so what Some is people really like their fruit in <laughs> and in other places? Yeah. Yeah. So, so exactly what is exactly a pineapple? Well, it's a lot easier to distinguish between a pineapple and a Wi-Fi pineapple. If you just throw the word Wi-Fi in front of it, um, it's actually a router. It's got uh, multiple antennas on it and it allows you to kind of man in the middle traffic or, you know, become your own access point. It's mostly used for wireless hacking. Right. Um, and it's the hack five product. Okay, is there, like, do you know, understand why they named it a pineapple? Uh, it's actually hilarious. I, I Because I saw these questions beforehand, I'm like, I have no idea. I'm going to go look it up. And I started reading through the forum, and uh, no one explains why they named it a pineapple. Like, why is rubber ducky a rubber ducky? I'm not right. really sure. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, maybe you know. Do you know? <laughs> no, I don't. That's 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 why I have you on. Um, oh, I'm, I'm apparently now the expert. Yeah. No, uh, I, I guess it's no. just you should, maybe we should go to Hack 5. What, that should be an episode all in itself. Why did you name it? Right. Why did you name it this? Well, I mean, so the, the main functionality of the pineapple uh, utilizes something called Pine AP. So maybe, I don't know which one was named first, but I imagine the pineapple was named first. Um, I'm sure we could do some research and figure that out. But I, the core functionality is the Pine access point. So I'm sure it ties in somehow. <laughs> That's probably, and then, you know, app. AP, yeah, no, I, 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 that's probably it. To, to be honest, I mean, you know, it, well, which came first? I don't know. Why did they name it Pine AP? <laughs> <laughs> Why Pine? Like, I thought that was like an old mail client for like Unix machines, right? Or what was that? Maybe it wasn't called Pine. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you know, uh, the security industry with their naming vulnerabilities, they like to do things that kind of play on the vulnerability. So it absolutely could see them using that uh, to name pineapple. So you had an article up on, on the blog for securities, which was a really um, interesting article. It's targeted pineapple setup, seven easy steps to gather credentials on site. Um, so what, I guess, what got you interested in, in setting up the pineapple and, and specifically like writing about it? Um, well, so actually, I was hoping to start a blog this year, um, just earlier this year. I was like, I, I repeat myself a lot when I'm trying to show people something new. I end up saying the same thing over and over again. So I, I wanted to have a blog and actually start blogging more often. Um, so that's kind of that side of it. But for why a pineapple specifically, I was actually, I was working and we get a lot of fun toys to play with. And at this point, one of my coworkers handed it to me and said, you know, it'd be really cool to see what you can do with this. I'm not really sure what we're going to figure out, but you should check it out. And of course, I'm like, new toy, new thing to learn, wireless stuff. It sounds exciting. So um, I actually plan on doing that for a lot of the different Hack5 projects um, that's going to, or products that are going to be coming up um, soon. So this is not, this is not the end of this. <laughs> 
Oh, so we're expecting more articles. So you're going to do one on the rubber ducky? That's not a Hi-Fi product, or is it? Yes, it is. Also, it is. Uh, okay. uh, the land turtle, there's a whole bunch of them. And they. I, I, I find that the, the documentation on it isn't as great as I would like it to be. So um, mm-hmm. and I, in my article, I end up going through kind of how to fail with it as well. And, and all the stuff that I try to publish, and I don't want to say that to sound like I've published a lot of things because I haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like in my MySec talk, I talk about how I won the um, the what a raspberry Pi stuff from DEF CON a couple of years ago. And in that, I try to go through the process of learning and the process of, you know, it's okay to fail. It's as you know, fail quickly um, and learn from it and move on, figure out what your goals are. Uh, so it's more, more than just figuring out like how to use a pineapple. It's supposed to also encourage you to apply the same learning process to other things. And I'm hope to show that throughout my series. Yeah, no, and that's that's what I really liked about the article is that you did show where you kind of had some missteps and hey, watch out for this because you know, and and documentation can be kind of hit or miss for things like this. So having this is really good, but um, you know, doc, documentation is also often like it should just work. You do this and it it does it, and then it's not an Apple know, and, product, <laughs> right? And then this well, and this is the reality is that you 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 follow directions. You're like, why is it not working? So I really liked that some of the missteps and, and like I said, fails were in the article. Yeah, I think it's really important to encapsulate all of that because if you have all the stuff that works, you have no idea what happens when you hit something that doesn't work. And I think a lot of people want to give up after they see that or they, they don't know where to go after that. And it's it's really not necessarily like all the doors are closed. It just might be another door that you should try to take and and kind of knowing when to give up and, and where to look for information. So like I looked for it on the website. I looked for it in other places. I tried IRC um, and not everybody knows that those avenues exist. And I think as long as people are learning to look for them, they'll find find better ways to figure out whatever the new thing that they're trying to learn is. Right, right. So what 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 kind of places did you go looking for information? Was this the Hack5 forums or was this just kind of Google and then coming across stuff? Yeah, I started with um, just their website and the about pages and everything in that. I tried the forums and through the forums I found like a how-to guide that was set up. Um, it was like a Google Doc. What was really great, though, is like other people could suggest edits. So they had suggested edits of completely removing things or just it messed up the document completely. You can turn it off so that you don't see the suggested edits. Um, but it made it like a really ugly article, like a really ugly document to look at. I was like, well, that's that's junk. I'm not looking through this. Um, and obviously, I, I grew up on IRC. I've been using it since I was like 15. Um, so I was like, obviously, I'd just rather talk to a person on that. And I, you know, I probably should have done more research before going into it because my understanding of the pineapple when I started was that I would be able to attach my pineapple to some Wi-Fi somewhere and then someone would attach their, themselves to my Wi-Fi. That's not mm-hmm. how it works. Um, so you actually, I mean, you have to have like a hard-coded internet connection or, you know, through however you plug it in or Ethernet. But if you've plugged into the wall and you can't really move around with it, so you have to like tether it to your phone and like things that I was not thinking that was, I thought it was going to be a lot easier, I guess. Um, and it wasn't that. So talking to the people on IRC wasn't exactly, like I, I didn't ask the right questions. And I think a lot of the times uh, it's disheartening for people trying to learn something. But it's also, it's kind of a thing that says to people, make sure that when you do ask people for help, instead of looking at the documentation, that you ask good questions because people are more likely to answer them well. <laughs> right. Which I'm not sure that's clear through my thing. Um, but that is that is a real thing I want people to know. Right. So you you need your own pretty much internet connection. Is that what it is? Like you can't piggyback off of somebody else's? 
Yeah, you can't connect to somebody's Wi-Fi or anything else like that. Um, and without internet, your clients won't stay connected to you. They'll try to connect to something else. So, uh, yeah, I when I was walking around the buildings, I actually had tethered to my phone. Um, there are other, um, I think in my article, I give another adapter that my coworker tried out and worked. It worked for him. So um, I utilized that too. But I actually got a lot of people just by plugging into a desk and using Ethernet sitting there you know, having an antenna somewhere and it hit everybody in the area. And it was, it was just as good as walking around. So why would someone want to set up a pineapple? What's, I guess, what's the use case? Uh, well, I mean, if you want somebody to be on your network so you can actually poke at them, that's one thing. Um, for me, the reason that I used it was to gather credentials. Um, and I think I'd say that in the article is like the, it's seven steps to getting credentials is the title. Um, I knew that this company that I was targeting actually has a guest portal. So in the guest portal, you can you connect to the Wi-Fi, but then it's you're in a smaller, you know, you haven't registered yet. You have to put in some credentials and there's an employee login and then there's like a guest login. If you did anything beside the employee login, it just wouldn't work. I didn't set that up, I actually, but I put through all the clicks from I'm going to choose employee. I'm going to go through this to the point where it got to um, typing in your credentials. And when they typed in the credentials, I just skimmed it off the top and let them in, assuming that it worked. Um, not that I was actually checking it against LDAP because that's what it would normally have done. Um, it just says you put in your username and password. I'll just store this here, um, which is actually a good way to figure out if it's fake or not is if you attach to something that you don't know if it is real or not, you would try a fake password. And if it still lets you in, then, you know, it's not actually checking against a real authentication. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting a lot of passwords, including a domain admin, um, who was trying to like listen to music <laughs> via the guest Wi-Fi. Um, so it ended up, I, it was really great for me because I ended up utilizing that to pivot in further and get to a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, where I ended up playing around a lot, <laughs> including running Bloodhound and some other stuff. It was just a way in to get credentials and to kind of figure out what I could do, um, and kind of really build out that use case. So is this, uh, so did you create some kind of page then that like replicated the portal or did you like, I guess, how does that whole work where you're actually tricking the user into giving credentials? Um, so the whole point was that it looked exactly the same. So what I was doing is I was testing, you know, what is the user experience of me logging into the real guest portal versus my own. And just that comparison, um, there were, there's like portal cloner and stuff like that. That's actually a module on there. Um, but I found that the module didn't work as I thought it would. And I even dropped down to the command line and it, the errors didn't make any sense, um, based off of the arguments I was giving it. Um, I didn't capture the error very well and I couldn't today because that's, I'm not there anymore. Um, but basically what I ended up doing is just wget and I pulled down all of the pages and their source code. I followed all the links to pick up all the pictures, right. And, and had them all working properly as a website on the pineapple and hosted that as my portal. Um, okay. so it's still the evil portal module, but it's, it's an exact copy of what the real one is. Right. So you but, went and kind of scraped, scraped the website yourself and then yeah, the, the pineapple. Yep. Yeah. And then the pineapple has something there that allows that allows you to display that page for them. So yeah, on, underneath all of the pineapple, like the evil portal auth, I think that's what it's called, either, either, either evil portal or portal auth, I can't remember at this point. Um, but what it does is it actually uses IP tables and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to put you on this non-registered network, which, you know, the, I mean, it's how any sort of like Bradford or any, any sort of like registration network thing would work. It doesn't allow you routes out to the internet until you have figured out this um you know, authorization piece. And in my case, as soon as you put in password or potentially fake, you know, password, it would still authorize you and then allow routes out to the internet. Um, which is just, but all of that's kind of the inner working of how the module works. 
So all I had to do was tie in a, something that looked like a legitimate portal. And I just did that by copying. Like the WGET has the mirror function. So I utilized that. that so that's it was actually, actually pretty easy. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a good thing that I hadn't even thought about with, with something like that is that you, like, it, this is kind of like a protection or an, it, it adds an extra step. But like you said, put in like a fake password. And if you still get through, then you're like, whoa, something else, something's going <laughs> so, wrong someone here. Someone else's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if you were like putting it like anywhere, it's someone skimming something, right? If if there's somebody who's like, oh, I'm just trying to take this, it doesn't matter to me what happens. Yeah, if you put something in fake, it's all right. <laughs> it's a good. I'm job. gonna do that from now on for every login page. It might take you a little bit longer, but you're gonna <laughs> you're not gonna regret right. that for sure. Right. What's right. What's crazy though, it got to the point where um, I was even like, all right, so how is the you know incident response team gonna figure out? if it's the correct portal or not. Everyone started freaking out. They knew my portal was up, but they couldn't tell the difference. So like in the URL, they would see a, an IP address instead of like the registration URL. So I changed that. So then I actually had DNS working for my stuff and all the you know pages actually reflected the proper DNS. Then they're like, well, crap. And they started looking at the um, what address you ended up getting from my Pineapple, which is like a 172 network address, which, you know, the real registration page had like a 10 dot. So I right. changed all my DHCP to give them something within the same range. So they couldn't figure that out. Um, and then they're like, well, crap, now what are we going to do? So they started looking at the differences. I was like, I'm going to take this a step further and beat them to it. The difference is that the MAC addresses are completely different. So actually, I looked up all the MAC addresses of the APs in the area, and they all followed the same sequence because they were from the same vendor. So I just followed, I put mine to follow same in sequence. So at that point, there was literally no way for anybody to tell if they were connecting to mine or theirs unless they put in the wrong password. Um, it was hilarious because like, people were like, well, I don't even know if I'm on her thing or not. So I'm just going to type something wrong so that she doesn't accidentally get my real password. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that, by the way. That's, that's impressive. I, that is awesome. I didn't even think you really put a lot of thought into this. I like to really take it, take it the extra mile. I think the only other thing that you could tell is uh, there was a processing uh, circle like beach ball or whatever that would run when Mm. it was trying to authenticate the real system. And I actually, I wanted to know, like, is someone going to complain that mine was so quick (laughs) that they had (laughs) so suspicious? There was no wait. Uh, but obviously no one said anything about that because at that point you've already put in your credentials and you're, you know, happily surfing the internet. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's awesome too. Um, I, I, I had think, a lot of fun. I think at this point we can mention that you don't do this in public, uh, for anyone. This, <laughs> this is Kate was hired by a company to go do this test. So this is why she's done this test. Do not grab a pineapple and just start grabbing credentials from people. You will get in trouble. Um, Someone will get upset. Yes. And it's wrong. It is wrong. The problem is though, like say, say I was want, like say I put this network up somewhere else and somebody started accidentally, like while I was testing it and started accidentally putting that in, like that would have sucked too. Um, There are businesses around this business that, you know, hopefully couldn't have seen it, but it was definitely possible that people could have put in things that were entirely out of scope. My bad. They yep. didn't, but still. Yeah. Well, but so, how, so that's a question for me is, is you are kind of replicating their guest network. So how do you get the devices to connect in the first place? Like what's, I guess, what's the technical uh, uh, well, mode you're going on you have to overpower the one that they're connected to. So if you're closer to them than the one that they were normally trying to associate, you'll be like, oh, hey, this one's got a better signal. I'll connect to this one instead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's a little bit of magic with the antennas, but also magic with how much power you're giving it um, so, to transmit that data. 
So how did you hide that pineapple? Was it just the bag or? <laughs> well, at the start with my desk, I ended up hitting a whole bunch of people, which was hilarious. Um, so wherever I was sitting, I hit a bunch of people right then. I was like, well, that's cool. Um, but then, yeah, I put it in a just a regular backpack and wandered around the cafeteria area. Uh, that was pretty easy as well. Had lunch in the cafeteria looking like a normal person. Um, I, I did at another building try the outside, but no one seemed to connect to that. And I found out the the teams that would have worked in that building don't connect to the guest anyways. So that was kind of like a bad place to test. Um, mm-hmm. I probably should do it in other places, but since then no one's hired me to do that. So <laughs> I'm working on getting more people to test this on. Yeah. So it's, so when you say you ate at the cafeteria, was this a public cafeteria or was this something that you had to like kind of social engineer your way into? This was a, it's a mostly like it's, it's before turnstiles. It's before anything. So it's, okay. it is considered public. Um, yeah, it's, it wasn't anything special. Okay. All right. Um, so, so where does one get a pineapple? Uh, there are a bunch of websites you can get it from. I think you buy it from Hack5 directly. Uh, Hacker Warehouse has a version of the pineapple. It doesn't look like a pineapple. It actually looks like a weird hacked up router, <laughs> I guess is what it kind of looks like. But I believe it does run the pineapple stuff on there. And I think it is a cheaper version of it. Um, but yeah, those are the places I know. I'm sure you could buy it on Amazon. I'm sure if you just searched for Wi-Fi pineapple, you'd find it somewhere. Right. Yeah, shouldn't be too. Yeah. Too long. And they have uh, like a, a smaller one, like the Nano, and they have, I was using the Tetra, which is the uh-huh. bigger one. Um, and I'm sure they have another one, but I haven't, I haven't played around with them. Okay. So now I want to kind of dive into um, how do you set up a pineapple? I don't need you to necessarily read, you know, <laughs> straight from your article, <laughs> but just, you. yeah, no, that, I don't think we have a long enough podcast for that. Um, but just kind of, you know, really quickly, like, yeah, just, <laughs> We, we Sorry. Could that one time. I don't know if you listened to one of the, uh, the, 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 we had a DEF CON special and we had, um, Daniel Ebbett reading from the POC or GTFO Bible. Um, Oh, that's fantastic. I yeah. Imagine. I mean, he's got a great voice, so there's that. He does. Yes. We had him read it <laughs> twice and, uh, yeah, it was really long, um, but people seem to enjoy it. So maybe, maybe something we can do in the future, but, um, yeah, it's, no. it's generally good to have him read stuff out loud. I don't have an <laughs> accent for it. I think everyone would just fall asleep. I should just do, I should start a new podcast where it's it's uh, Daniel reads. Uh, Daniel reads are information read security. Yeah, Daniel. It'll help people go to sleep and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Help them learn. Um, They'll start yelling though. They'll never fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hi, Daniel. So, I, I hope he's listening. By the way, although I don't think he listens to everything, but I'm sure he'll listen to this one. If not, we will we will ask him and then we'll give him crap for not not listening to it. I was just gonna stand outside his house with a stereo. And just play yeah, it for him. <laughs> <laughs> it might work. It might not. I might just be the weirdo in the you know driveway. But uh, uh, but yeah, how to actually set up a pineapple? Um, one, I'd say read the documentation. I'm actually told there is a book where people can actually like follow that. Um, but how I would set it up? I would set a goal first. Like, are you, is your goal to just be an access point for people to connect to so you can poke at them? Is it so that you can redirect traffic? You know, figure out what it is that you want. I think the the coolest thing is the gathering credentials just because to me, it, it's a very clear goal and, and you know when you've won. Um, and I think that's really important is to set good goals and to know when you win because you always want to win. Um, but to actually set it up, um, you go through at the very beginning, you set it up, you change the password. Um, and there was a hack that, went on at DEF CON a couple of years ago yeah. uh, that would, would attack pineapples that haven't been fully set up first. 
um, and it was a worm and jump around. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, Catatonic did a video of that and a presentation and it ended up kind of getting out of hand, but it was pretty hilarious. Uh, so I would definitely say, so change the password when you set it up, update it to the latest firmware. Um, I would always like go through the modules and see which ones sound interesting to you. I mean, it, depending on if you have a goal in place or not, or if you think that the modules will work out through that goal. Um, all the modules are written by like third party developers, people who, you know, are doing it in their own free time. They're not paid for it. So the, you know, support for that isn't necessarily um, existent, but you could find them usually on the forums and you can ask them questions about their modules. So you can go through that. Um, depending on the module, I found it really easy to troubleshoot once I SSH in. Personally, I mean, I like the GUI because it's pretty, I guess, except that I don't understand any of it. I don't know what scripts it's running behind it. So I always find out what page I'm on and then actually drop down into SSH and look through the module and see what it does. Um, all the code sitting right there, how it works. Um, I would go through and understand it before really playing around with it. It makes it more fun anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can get it to do whatever you want it to do or learn how to write it better because these people, I mean, it's all open source. Maybe you can help them with their project. Maybe you can come up with your own module. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then I guess uh, just following through the configuration, that's kind of how it's set up. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. say that it sounds really silly, but uh, as long as you follow whatever the thing is to your goal, um, it's pretty straightforward. And I don't want to say that because obviously I failed in my pre in my blog, but it is, um, it is possible <laughs> to just figure it out. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, I, I know that after, sounds terrible. <laughs> right. But I mean, it, it like, depending on use case, like, like, uh, in this article for your use case, you had blend in and then, um, a lot of configuration stuff, like change the DHC pool that, which I imagine was like you said, uh, you're kind of playing a little cat and mouse game with the, with the oh, yeah. security team, um, you know, update DNS mobilize. So like, that's, yeah. It's 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 fairly simple to get. Well, I don't want to say simple, but because <laughs> it's probably simple enough. yeah, it's simple. I mean, once once you once you learn it and understand it, it becomes simple. So, but that well, takes. I would say that while I was doing it, though, it wasn't that I understood it or that I had learned it, and that I was like some master at it. I'm literally just saying, here's my goal. Can I break it into smaller goals? Can I get past this next thing? Like using the module, mm -hmm. you know, I, I tried the cloning module and it didn't work for me. And for whatever reason, I could have, you know, banged my head against the wall for a couple hours trying to make it work. Or as you know, path of least resistance, just copy it myself because I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but you could, I could have just as easily Googled how do I how do I copy a page, and I'd find wget on my own. Um, it's just following the breaking it down to smaller pieces and attacking one of those one at a time, finding out when you've hit a roadblock and switching gears, um, because I still ended up getting to my goal, um, just not in the way I had initially intended. I mm -hmm. think that's okay. Yep. No, absolutely. All right, so what resources are available for learning more about setting up a pineapple? <laughs> I don't know. There are. Uh, I'm told there's a book. I don't know the name of the book, um, but there is a book, apparently, that has a whole bunch of, um, I think it's like named pineapple. I think it's from Hack5. Um, I'm sure a lot of people might buy it in a bundle with the pineapple. Um, I, I think a lot of people said that had some pretty good information in it. I mean, going rogue with no money and with someone else's pineapple is also a fun thing, but I, I didn't find very much documentation on the forums. Uh, IRC probably could have been more helpful if I was asking better questions. And um, I don't know, that document that they had with the suggested, none of that was good. Like all the documentation I thought was actually really bad. And I found that a lot with hacking tools. Mm -hmm. And I don't 
I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Like maybe they expect people to watch a video or, or figure it out. I don't know how they plan on getting people to figure it out, but there aren't man pages that I'm used to. Like if I had a product or a system level thing, like there, I didn't find anything that was like among the normal realm of documentation. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Hack five sells the pineapple book for 12 bucks. So not too expensive. I'm sure they have like some YouTube videos or something. It's, it's kind of up to, um, how you learn. And, and for, for you, it sounds like, you know, you like to dive in and kind of just start getting through the documentation, reading through the, the actual code for this stuff and try to understand a little bit better. Yeah. And I really, I hate to say it, but like, I absolutely hate learning stuff through YouTube videos. I know that's a new cool thing that millennials like, and I know I'm a millennial and I know I should like it, but I have a really hard time because I can't <laughs> grep through what these people are saying and I can't take out all the filler either. And so like, I, if it's not in like a man page, I can't grep for it. I can't, I, I can't find it quickly and I know the words I'm looking for. And so that, that the video is just dumb to me and I right. hate to say that, but I can't handle it. Ooh, um, <laughs> but there are other, like everybody learns differently right. and a same with a book, right? I'm not going to grep through a book unless it's a PDF. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's just my style is, I don't want to say command line, but it is. <laughs> so right. if you have hours to waste watching YouTube videos, I guess you could do that. Yep. No, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't already discussed? Um, well, uh, no, I think we kind of hit everything. I really wanted to stress specifically the, the process of learning and figuring stuff out when you know nothing. It's not impossible. It's all about setting goals and just going for it and working through that. And I think I think we've covered it pretty well, so I don't think I need to you know beat the dead horse. But mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it, it is very possible to take something you know zero about and work through it. And if you don't know how to ask the right questions, um, it's a, it's a good skill to have. It's a good skill for troubleshooting. It's a good skill for anything in the IT world. So I would I would just highly stress people work on that skill more than they work on a skill for setting up a Wi-Fi pineapple. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a great episode to kind of highlight some of that stuff, like you said, of of just uh, applying it to like troubleshooting and, and figuring out different things. Because there's the, the, this is pineapple's one small thing in the bigger realm of, like you said, hacking tools that may not be as well documented. And I've run into this tool <laughs> before where it's like, you know, and it's it's you just got to figure it out. Or bad error messages when you're like, well, crap. Oh, like, gosh. I don't even know what it's <laughs> what trying does it mean? to do. <laughs> And like, even like going through a bash script, right? Like you see it in bash, you could go through it line by line and figure out which part it broke at. Um, however you have to do to troubleshoot it. I think it's really good to break things down and figure out what's it trying to do that it's not doing, or what are you expecting it to do that it's, you know, um, that it's just not meeting your expectation. I think that's, that's a good, good way to just be in the IT field, let alone security, especially when there are new tools that show up every single day. You, you know, scour GitHub, you can find new stuff, but you don't necessarily know how it works unless you go through the code. Mm-hmm. So I highly encourage people to read through the code before they use any of those tools, right? Or run it through Wireshark. You know, you can figure out a lot about it. I know I make my students do that, right? Any, any tools, I have them run through Wireshark and then explain how it works before I actually let them run it. <laughs> there you go. Poor okay. kids. They hate me. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. What would you like to plug? Ooh, I get to plug something. I didn't even see that thing oh, on yeah. there. Oh yeah. Twitter website. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, my Twitter handles, uh, badge cat. And that's hilarious that that's it. It's said like that. It's actually the first three letters of my last name. and The first three letters of my first name. It's not, it doesn't have any other meaning. <laughs> right. Um, um, and soon I'll be uh, building up my own blog and it'll be with Kate.io. Hopefully I'll be able to post a lot more of this stuff. In the meantime, it'll all be on blog.securityideas.com where you can find my original post. 
Um, and that's kind of it. Cool. Yeah, we'll have that in the show notes. So, cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining me to discuss how to set up a pineapple. Awesome. Thank you. That will do it. Hopefully, you learned something. Feedback is welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash E-I-S. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. Have a good one.